Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Enger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about how the cycle, so your period, how you can best sync it with your workouts. And we're also going to talk about nutrition in that regard um, to the menstrual cycle. But first, I wanted to make sure that I announced our posing seminar that we are hosting this weekend. It is a free event on Saturday, April 9th. So if you're listening to this today, it's Tuesday. Uh, we are, will be there Saturday at Angel Competition Bikinis headquarters. And it will be from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you are viewing it on our IG, you can go to Glam Girl Bikini on Instagram. And we will be doing a live uh, stream of that. So if you are virtual, you can join in 2 o'clock Central Standard Time and follow along with us. And then if you are within the area, um, Kansas City metro area, the Angel Competition Bikinis headquarters is in Lenexa, Kansas. So, yep, just right back here in our backyard. And it'll be mm-hmm. myself, uh, Coach Deb, who is also a suit stylist at Angels. And then it will be Coach Jamie and Coach Elizabeth. And Coach Elizabeth, just FYI, is super pregnant she's due in May so uh she'll be filming the IG live for everybody so everybody's gonna you know you'll have a lot of one-on-one attention because you'll have four coaches there helping out yes that'll be great and everybody is so good about uh instructing posing with different cues so I think every coach there is going to add a different level of value it'll be a really good event yeah and we when it, we always usually do a posing seminar the Sunday before a team show. So our team show is April 23rd, and uh, it happens to be Easter Sunday, the Sunday prior. So we mm-hmm. are doing that this weekend instead on the 9th. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully you can yeah. make it out. Uh, like I said, it's a free event, so it's good practice for anyone. And it's open to the community so it's not just glam girls and um if you want to get some extra instruction or some extra practice it'd be a good time too and then you don't have to be just getting ready for that show we're gonna probably have people in all phases even some people that are just kind of wanting to figure out what bikini is all about i know i particularly know of a person that's just wants to come watch just to see what it's like to even think about competing so Definitely every stage of the journey. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, cycle. So most females, you know, it varies in terms of how long their menstrual cycle is, but let's just say it's a 30-day cycle. So we're factoring that days 1 through 14 are the follicular phase, and this is the first day of your period through ovulation. So during this time, estrogen levels rise, and the body prepares for ovulation. In about days one through seven, could be more, could be less, uh, your uterine uterine lining sheds, aka having your period, and just prior to your period, your estrogen and progesterone levels are at their lowest level in your cycle, and then day three, your estrogen spikes, rising again, and then also testosterone along with that, and so that is, I always remember follicular because I think of flow, like Mm-hmm. flow <laughs> the f so and yeah it's the first day as well so all s 
Right. And so the day one is the first day that you would have your menstrual bleed. So that's how you would count out your days. Great. Okay. And then, uh, so, uh, as Amy explained, the first phase is follicular and it's roughly two weeks, depending on how long the length of your individual cycle. And it leads right into ovulation. So ovulation happens mid cycle and it's really like a day long event. Your body triggers ovulation, um, where estrogen levels peak. And following your ovulation, your progesterone levels begin to rise. So both estrogen and progesterone like kind of bookend uh, this event and uh, rise at different uh, phases. So the day after ovulation is the onset of the luteal phase, which is uh, the second uh, lengthy phase that your body experiences. Um, prior to ovulation, just so you know, your estrogen and testosterone rise. Estrogen is what peaks and triggers ovulation. So your energy, your stamina, mental endurance, they can all increase during this time um, because of the rise of your estrogen and testosterone. And if we think of this from a rudimentary, uh, basically evolutionary standpoint, you think about it, you're... Um, you're most likely to take a guy's number around this time. Um, you're <laughs> yeah. more flirty, more bubbly. Uh, you have lots of energy because you are fertile at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And then days 15 through 28 are the luteal phase. And this is the phase following an ovulation. Your body produces more estrogen to trigger the ovulation, which comes down. But it doesn't drop as you move into your luteal phase. So during the phase, progesterone levels rise. And they are at their very highest. So that's why whenever we're trying to figure out if someone has estrogen dominance, why mm. we suggest counting from day one of the first day of bleeding to day 19, because that's roughly around when progesterone will be at its highest mm-hmm. um, through about day 21, depending on what your cycle's length is. And then um, basically that progesterone, obviously it's the it makes you fertile. So your body will then recognize either that pregnancy hasn't been achieved or it has. And then um, if it hasn't, then your estrogen and progesterone levels will decline to trigger your period once again. And the cycle, you know, moves on and repeats itself. So that's basic framework. What um, do you have anything to add on that before we move on to how to exercise or think about what your exercise should look like around your cycle? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's a good basis of what your hormones are doing. They're always changing. And so it's not uncommon for you to experience different things as far as your energy level, your mental focus, your appetite. Um, I think as women, we have a, we have extra, um, we'll call them obstacles to consider when it comes to living our prep life. We have other body cues that are cyclical month to month that um, can sometimes be discouraging or we cannot understand. So I think just getting familiar with your with the menstrual cycle in general and then also your particular body. That's why I really like my clients to use a period tracker, track symptoms, um, you know, you may, you're going to experience different things in each phase and just knowledge of knowing what to expect sometimes can help ease frustration when, for example, your cravings start peaking. 
Um, so yeah, I think understanding your body and the menstrual cycle could be really helpful to just maximizing your prep. Yeah. And I have my clients, well, we all do as glam girl coaches, we have a hormone section. And so that's where that expectation of just telling us what phase in the journey you are in, because if you are constantly letting us know, Hey, you know, I am PMS here. Sometimes the scale will go up. Uh, you'll maybe look a little bit like you're retaining water, uh, due to, Mm -hmm. you know, different levels of estrogen and, um, you may be more constipated right before yep. your ovulation, or you may be constipated right before your period starts. Mm-hmm. So these are all things for us to be aware of as coaches and to understand why your check-in numbers may reflect a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking more bloated, because it does change your physique quite a bit yes. too, and it changes the data as well. So Absolutely. Yeah. And just to give you an example, my personal um, tracker that I use, I use P tracker. I think it's a pretty good one. It's free. It's a free app. What one do you use, Chris? I use Ovia, O-V-I-A. It's actually like a fertility tracker, but it, it has a, it's free as well. And it allows you to log a lot of, of different things. So that's why I prefer that one. Okay. Yeah. I've encouraged people that don't have their period to take their basal temperature. And yes. when, um, when somebody is trying to get pregnant or, um, uh, they're really trying to figure out when they ovulate, that's a really good way to see when you do ovulate it, you have a temperature spike, but you have to have a special thermometer and mm-hmm. you have to do it just like how you would do, um, like great right when you wake up. So yes, you don't even want to get out of bed. You want to take your temperature. So I always put mine when I, you know, was trying to figure out like the actual day to the T, uh, mm-hmm. I would put it by my bed and then I would chart it. And this could be helpful for people that have an IUD that don't get a bleed or, yes. um, people that, you know, they are ovulating, but they just don't know, uh, based on the fact that they, um, maybe have an ablation, which means that their uterine yep. lining, uh, doesn't shed, uh, blood because it's been, um, ablaze. <laughs> so, yeah. So those are just some ways to kind of figure out. Um, and then I think they also have testing strips for ovulation as well. That's a really but good I'm point. I'm familiar with those because when I was back in that mode, I, I didn't <laughs> have that kind of thing available. <laughs> so back in the baby making mode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This mode is not that mode anymore. So uh, this house anyway. Okay, TMI. So Um, let's talk about exercise during your period. So early follicular, what do you, do you want to take that one? Sure, absolutely. Um, So I think what's important to know is a lot of times when we're on our period, we, we feel like crap. So we're maybe a little bit more lethargic. We have the pain of cramps. Um, And we like don't want to move. I know I'm one of those people. I just want to lay in bed in the fetal position and just make it a day. But I do know and um, many people have suggested that actually getting some movement actually helps with reducing the discomfort of cramps. Um, And so I would encourage you to, yes, pay attention to your body. Um, A lot of times if... I have, I know my period is coming up 
I will make sure that I have a rest day on uh, the my first day of my period because that's when I feel the worst. So kind of like scheduling out your training. Um, I will choose a rest day when I get my menstrual cycle. Um, but I don't just try and lay there and uh, do nothing because I do know like gentle walking, stretching, easy movements. If I'm having like a really uncomfortable period actually will help me feel a little bit better. So, um, yeah, I think that's just, and some people like don't experience that, that much discomfort. They can continue to train and feel great. And I have trained on my period and have felt great as well too. So I think every cycle and every person is going to be a little bit different, but um, just paying attention to maybe budgeting a day where if you if you know in your menstrual cycle, day one, you always feel crappy, you know, schedule in that rest day, make sure that um, you're hitting your training prior to that and you're able to, to hit your training after that as well. Yeah, once I actually start my period, I feel fine. And it's been said in the, the literature here, we're quoting Dr. Brighton, uh, Dr. Jolene Brighton, she is the author of Beyond the Pill, and mm-hmm. she actually says that this is a very productive time when you're actually actively bleeding to get the most out of, like, hit training, you're um, better at, you know, metabolizing carbs, and you can do more high-intensity stuff, but for me, like, the couple of days right before the period, especially when progesterone dips, and I get, mm. like, a menstrual migraine, Um, And I feel, like, super fatigued. So um, once it starts going, then, like, I kind of get that watery tension disappears with the the estrogen that has spiked. You know, it comes down, and I just feel a lot better. But, yeah, mine's, like, the couple of days leading up to it. Before, Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I have some clients that complain about that as well. Um, Or especially if they're not tracking their menstrual cycle, they'll give all the telltale signs. They'll say, I just feel super weak in the gym. I'm lethargic, like unmotivated. I'm super hungry. They're like giving me all the like red flag PMS signs. And I'll say, where are you at in your menstrual cycle? And, you know, all of my clients do track, but they'll go back and look and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm due for my period in a couple of days. And so like, that's what I think like being aware uh, it can just kind of give you a peace of mind knowing this is temporary and things will get better. Yeah. And a lot of times they're constipated too. So like their waistline's yes. up and mm-hmm. they're, they feel like backed up. So at those times, um, one significant thing that you could do to help yourself is, you know, supplement with some magnesium and then also just adding in like some extra fiber, uh, maybe some psyllium husk just to get things going. So, um, if that's something that, that bothers you. All right. Exercise during the late follicular phase. So as we move forward, first of all, I wanted to share with our listeners something new that we had started with your nutrition. So kind of rewinding here, those first days, one through 14, the, the early days of the follicular. So kind of like even the end of the luteal, so a couple of days before the cycle starts. Can you kind of share how we've modified your matador, which for our listeners that I'm sure have heard us talk about it before, the matador study is a undulating, basically, quote unquote, diet break and deficit cycling mm-hmm. where 
when we say diet break, you're in maintenance calories, and then you go for a period of time. In the Matador study, it was two weeks maintenance and then two weeks of a deficit. But can you share with everybody what we've kind of done? To, yeah. Because um, you had mentioned before, like, a lot of people get cravings right before their period. Yeah. Um, and actually, we, we talked about, you know, them being your good metabolizer of carbohydrates, then mm-hmm. um, you have more energy to train once mm-hmm. the follicular phase starts. So kind of share with them what our strategy nutritionally has been. Yeah. So uh, right before my menstrual cycle, there were two times during my uh, monthly cycle where I was getting super hungry and it was like around ovulation time and it was right before my menstrual cycle. And so we were blocking off, we were doing two weeks of a deficit, two weeks at maintenance. And depending on how those weeks fell, um, I was getting super hungry and like uncomfortable to and for being in my improvement season, um, it was, I just felt like it was too much. I felt like super ravenous. And I was like, this is insane. I can't believe that I'm this hungry. And so Amy made the suggestion of, okay, well, why don't we modify the matador where we're still doing the same number of weeks in a deficit and the same number in maintenance, but the times that you're experiencing most cravings, which was around my ovulation and right before my period, we put you at your maintenance calories. So you have a little bit more um, uh, calories to kind of like budget so that we can help help uh, help um, lower my cravings or appease my cravings. That's what I was looking to say. Um, and then the rest of the time, I felt very comfortable in a deficit. It was not like I felt like I was starving. So we kind of made the modification of one week on, one week one week deficit, one week maintenance, and then kept undulating from there. Um, and I would say that it has really helped with my mentality as well, um, knowing that my nutrition is specific for my menstrual cycle and what hormones will be spiking. Yeah, and so then we get into the late follicular. So you were talking about how you're in a deficit during that um, those seven days, seven basically eight through 14 or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. so at that time when you're training, um, you're basically not having like quite the, the cravings and things like that, but Mm -hmm. also your training won't be as, you know, you're, you're not going to have as much stamina as you did like in the beginning part of the follicular phase. If that makes sense. Correct. Yes. 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 Okay. Do you want to cover exercise during ovulation? Sure. Uh, So like I said before, this is a one day event. um, And days around your ovulation, you can start you can feel energized. Um, Around the end of week two to the beginning of week three is generally the time that most women ovulate, you may find that you can withstand higher levels of exertion. Um, You have a little bit more energy the your ovulation time I used to think was like I don't know popping on an egg just never really excited me (laughs) and I always felt like it was going to take a lot of energy but it's actually a pretty optimal time to kind of push your training so I would expect to have some great hit sessions if that's what you're doing um some 
maybe new PRs with your training. Uh, so yeah, I think ovulation time is, uh, is an optimal time to kind of like overreach a little bit more if you're experiencing that you have more energy. Yeah. During the end of the luteal phase, you're going to have less, uh, you're going to have a very de- big decline in exercise tolerance. You're going to have trouble doing like with thermal regulation, our bodies mm-hmm. are going to retain some more water. Um, you're going to have different a difficulty cooling down in this phase um, with the existence of progesterone because where our bodies are set up to try to house a child in our uterus. Yeah. Uh, it's going to make you less insulin sensitive during this time, whereas in the follicular phase, you're more insulin sensitive. So yes. you're going to be insulin resistant. So again, this is kind of why we're having Chris in the deficit at this end of the luteal because with progesterone being higher then you are going to be more insulin resistant um you're probably going to so one of my new kind of tactics that i've been using with my clients is i'll have every other week so uh, it's very similar to what chris is experiencing with nutrition where every other week is switching on and off so we have a reload week and then we have a deload week and a reload week and then a deload week. And I find that this is practical with bodybuilders because we're still uh, adhering to a progressive muscle, um, you know, a progressive muscle. Why am I struggling with this word? Progressive <laughs> overload. overload. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to say muscle protein synthesis at the same time. Okay. <laughs> so progressive <laughs> overload principle um so within that we're still hitting same angles same uh types of muscle fibers and things like that but in the reload week we're going you know lower sets uh, i'm sorry lower rep ranges and higher weight and then in your deload phase we're going higher rep ranges with lower weights so Mm -hmm. is there anything i know i just botched that whole P.O.P. progressive overload phase. Um, uh, but is there anything that you would add to that? Yes. So I do like that undulating um, pattern with the training because it. I think it hits on several points. So just for generalities, I think it's great for clients that get bored doing progressive overload without any type of um, variation. So. Uh, like for me, I like it to be consistent because I like constant variables so that I can track progression. Whereas, um, for someone else, they might want more, uh, like something more interesting or more stimulus. And I think you can get that with the way that you have that set up, Amy, where there's a higher rep range some weeks, and then there's a more of a weight strength component another week. Um, it makes complete sense how you have it set up to accommodate the menstrual cycle, especially if you're feeling more energized during a certain time versus another time you're feeling a little bit more gassed. Uh, so I think it's all in like all being intentional about your strategy uh, and looking at as a woman, all of the components together and how can we get your body to be optimal in those different phases? So um yeah, I think you did a great job explaining the undulating uh, training patterns. And I think 
you know, you want to provide different stimulus to those muscles as well, too, so that they will, they'll be triggered to grow. Um, and because we have different muscle fibers, you're really targeting them differently for each week. So it makes sense to me is what I'm basically saying. Okay, good. Uh, and then Dr. Jolene Brayton actually encourages right before your period to increase your calories by 5 to 10%. So in doing this maintenance calorie thing we're basically accommodating her suggestion correct um and then i think also and correct me if i'm wrong i might be wrong on the numbers but i believe that depending on the individual a female will burn up to 150 to 300 calories depending on their metabolism but they'll burn that starting their period so just to like get that bodily function going so a lot of times our bodies will tell us like that we need more calories. So that's why we get those PMS cravings. But mm-hmm. a lot of us overeat and indulge on chocolate. That's way more than mm-hmm. just 150 calories that your body takes to start the menstrual cycle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think when we're looking at <clears throat> another thing, just with exercise in the luteal phase, if you're not feeling as strong or as energized, and you may, like, I notice my recovery is slower. Like, I'll feel more achy the week right before my period. Um, so I think it's important to incorporate some more recovery things like the yoga, stretching, salt baths, stuff like that to help uh, kind of give more of, to help your body recover a little bit faster if, like, your situation with your hormones is not allowing that quick of a rebound. So there's different ways that you can actually lose your period, and some of those are based on stressors on the body, which include, uh, you know, a lot of too much exercise. Your body, you know, figures out that it needs to not house a child because it's under so much stress. So whether Mm -hmm. that be from dieting, uh, too low of body fat, and then over-exercising, those can be some ways that you lose your cycle. Um, Did we want to talk about, we only have, like, four minutes left um remedies for period problems or just kind of like key takeaways um if you have lost your period to take it back um let's i think the key takeaways are great okay and maybe we'll do like another episode on uh problems with the period um yeah like if you have light flow irregular periods things like that but let's uh yeah let's let's go through that list on the key takeaways so i'll start with the first one the mm-hmm. most common reason for a heavy or long period is estrogen dominance or thyroid disease. Uh, if you, the second one is if you have heavy and or long periods, incorporating iron-rich foods into your diet as well as foods rich in B12, B6, and folate can help with that as well. And then significantly painful periods can be a sign of infection, endometriosis, fibroids or even ovarian cysts and shouldn't be ignored magnesium cramp bark fish oil vitamin e and thiamine did i say that correctly thiamine. Mm-hmm. yes can all help with period cramps oh my goodness rewind it and write those down <laughs> <laughs> if you have short or light periods it may stem from low fat or vegetarian diet or over exercising mm-hmm Yes, and stress can cause late or irregular periods. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a big one, too. Sometimes when 
we're deep into prep and we get some of that irregularity or your period's not as consistent, some of that is due to dieting, but also the added stress of the event can be a culprit as well. Yep. And then Vitex, Chaseberry, they can all help lengthen a short cycle and reduce symptoms of PMS. So they're basically supporting your progesterone levels and making sure they're mm-hmm. adequate. Max. Yes. Something I use. That's great. Me too. Uh, the most common reasons for a missing period include both um, post-birth control syndrome, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, pituitary dysfunction, ovarian dysfunction, and hypothyroidism. So there could be multiple reasons. And mid-cycle spotting can be a sign of fibroids, infection, endometriosis, cancer, or pregnancy. uh, Estrogen dominance is really common, and what you're exposed to in your environment is one of the primary causes, and along with stress and gut health. And then the six steps to balancing out your estrogen to a good level would be to fix your gut, love your liver, eat fiber, stress less, sleep, and take an estrogen-supporting supplement, such as like a DIM, calcium deglucrate, or... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are the two main ones that I would say would be helpful to getting rid of the aggressive cancer-causing estrogen metabolites out of the yes. three. Yes, absolutely. All right. So we've kind of gone over estrogen dominance in previous episodes, so we won't go far into that. But I do feel like this was a relevant topic. We haven't really dedicated a whole podcast to periods and cycles and things like that. So this is kind of how it's relevant to how you should look at your training and your nutrition. And then maybe Mm -hmm. we'll do a follow-up episode where we talk more about just like uh, remedies for, you know, fixing the period and um, ways to get a more regular cycle and things like that. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really helpful. Okay. Awesome. So don't forget the posing seminar this Saturday, 2 o'clock Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. at Angel Competition Bikinis. And we try to stay ad-free. So if you would be so kind to leave a rating or review, it really helps out the podcast and just gets the word out there for other people that are interested in similar topics uh, to find us. And if you would like to follow us on Instagram, we're at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini love to hear from you what you thought of this episode you know comment on this episode's uh, post or you can dm us or tag us on your story all of which are wonderful we like to hear what you think and then we also would love to hear any suggestions that you have for future episodes so Mm -hmm. if you'd like to apply for the team uh, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button and uh, fill out the application there and from there we will set up a phone call to talk with you about your unique unicorn prep. So this is your founder and CEO, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.